Hey everyone, welcome back to Every Version Ever. Today's episode is a little bit different in that we aren't talking about an adaptation of Alice in Wonderland, but we are revisiting something Alice-related that we talked about in a previous episode. My guest today is Jenna, aka Phantomwise, and listeners might recall a couple years ago when we looked at all the lost Alice media that has disappeared over the years. Movies, shorts, etc. Things that might have aired once and never been seen again, or things that were made and never released. There is a lot of Alice in Wonderland media, or Alice-related media that has been made that we currently have no way to watch and may not even exist anymore, and until recently, that was the status of the subject of today's episode. Phantasmagoria was a 1989 short film adapted from one of Lewis Carroll's poems. Clips of this film were available online and we talked about them previously, but no one knew for sure that this film even existed in full anymore. Until now! Phantasmagoria made its debut earlier this month at the American Lewis Carroll Society, where Jenna was actually giving a presentation, and she was actually even more involved in this whole thing than I'd even realized before we started recording this podcast, but I'll let her talk about that when we get there. Before we get into the short itself, can you give some backstory on what this is? We talked about it briefly in another episode back when it was kind of a lost short, but in case people haven't seen that. Yeah, we had those few clips at the time. Yeah. So this is a student short film. The director uh, made it as part of her graduation project. It's based off the poem Lewis Carroll wrote that most people don't read. It's called Phantasmagoria. It's about a spirit that visits the narrator and basically bothers him, but they kind of become friends. The short kind of takes it a different direction and uh, than the poem. It's mm-hmm. still kind of the same gist, though. Like, they become friends, and the ghost teaches him something. Though in, in the poem, it's more about this is what ghosts are like, and this is how we haunt and our rules and stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm going to criticize your wine. <laughs> whereas whereas in, the, in the short film, it's more about the, narr- the narrator turns out to be Lewis Carroll. And... Yeah. Uh, the ghost is teaching Lewis Carroll how to be Lewis Carroll in a sense, how to have imagination and look at things in a different light. So um, I think it's a really fun short. Yeah. I liked it. I like the ghost. Yeah. I think the ghost is the best part. Uh So the reason why actually why this came about was I was approached by Heather of the Lewis Carroll society of North America. She's like, we're doing a movie filmed conference about Alice movies. Um, So I want you to do a presentation. So I sorted out my presentation and she was like, do you have any suggestions on other things we can talk about or screen? Mainly we were looking for things to screen. And I said, you know, Hey, um, you guys were meant to fill like screen Phantasmagoria from 19, you know, 1989 at the Lewis Carroll conference. uh, When you, there was this huge conference, like 1990 of both the American and English societies having a joint conference. Mm-hmm. at Oxford, at Christchurch. It was a very cool conference. Um, and they were supposed to screen this, but the projector malfunctioned and they weren't able to. And um, in the newsletter, it's funny because it kind of like, maybe we'll screen it in the, you know, at a future meeting, but then they never did. Um, and I was like, hey, that would actually be really cool if you guys did end up doing that. And I believe the, the director is online because she has the clips on her YouTube channel. And first Tyler was like, you're not talking about the Marilyn Manson Phantasmagoria, right? I, like, no, I, I didn't. No. <laughs> I found that when I was doing some research yesterday. It's like, what is yeah. this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. This one's this one's totally different. 
and I was able to show her the clips. Um, and I guess uh, she took that back to the society, and I guess they really liked what they saw, and they really wanted to do it, um, especially because of the connection to the past meeting. And they got a contact director, Tiziana, and Tiziana was like, I would love to, but I don't have the film reel. Um, it should be at the London Film School, though. So they go to the London Film School. It's like, you have Fantasmagoria, we would like it. And they go, uh, yeah, we lost it. <laughs> um, <laughs> we lost the final cut, but we still have the rough cut. So it's kind of a rough draft version. Uh, so like some of the cuts are awkward. But other than that, when you're watching it, you really can't tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Heather said when they got it, they gave it to Tiziana to edit it a little bit. Okay. Um, and then they had a bit of trouble, too. So uh, to get it digitized, they had to fundraise a little bit. And thankfully, people were very generous. I donated to it as well. Very generous. Uh, we got a lot of people donated a lot. And they raised the money to get it transferred. And then London Film School transferred it. And then uh, they didn't clean it, though, even though they said that would be part of what they would do. So they it came back, and it was dirty on each frame. And... Mm-hmm. Heather said she was like hey you said you would clean it just can I get what I paid for yeah. <laughs> so thankfully they re- they cleaned it and they rescanned it and uh, then they gave it to Tiziana to edit and it happened to be ready just in time for the conference so it's a it's a little happy story for everybody and I'm I'm very happy to be have been a part of it <laughs> yeah I didn't realize yeah. that you were kind of the instigator of that. I Yeah, I didn't realize it would get so far. I just was like, hey, yeah. this might be cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's very cool. Yeah, and Tiziana was very happy about it. And I wasn't expecting, you know, as an Alice, especially, I don't know if you noticed as an Alice fan with the films, a lot of the other Corollians don't really pay that much attention to films. Mm-hmm. Um. So sometimes it feels like nobody else cares about Alice films. Yeah. But it was really nice to see that um, a lot of people really, really liked this one. Yeah, yeah, because I know you've talked about that in the past, how you kind of have felt alone in being an Alice fan who likes the movies because everybody else pays more attention to books and rare books and that kind of thing. Yeah, which, I mean, books are nice, but movies are nice too. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, also there's not many adaptations at all of phantasmagoria so that might have also mm-hmm. given it a bit of a a boost yeah um and that it's very respectful to lewis carroll um as a person you know obviously it's, it's taking liberties yeah. um obviously lewis carroll was a fanciful person and he didn't have a ghost haunt him to become more imaginative <laughs> yes i'm pretty sure i, I think <laughs> you know i can't <laughs> prove that but it's done in a very respectful way i feel like yeah um so what were you th- your thoughts on it? I liked it. I didn't go into it with any expectations. Mm. Like, I don't think I had read the poem before I watched it. I read it afterwards. And it was different. And it was interesting that they used Lewis Carroll himself in the short. Mm. And I don't think I realized when I was first watching it that it was Lewis Carroll until, like, when I looked at the credits. I was like, oh, okay. Because I was trying to figure out who, like, if they'd even had a name. Because they, mm, they besides named... turn up top. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, they, I think they named the butler, and that was the only one name that I caught. Yeah, they did. Uh, Gaspard. Yeah. Yeah, 
the actor for Gaspard was actually in the chat room at the digital premiere. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so that's really, really cool. Uh, if Lewis Carroll Society North America ever ends up uploading that, um, uh, they read his comments on the stream. Okay. So hopefully everybody else can partake of that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, the actress for um, The Ghost and The Little Girl, it's the same actress. Her name is Anna. Uh, Tiziana told her about it, and she was very excited, but uh, I don't think she was there. And I believe Tiziana couldn't get in contact with the actor who played Lewis Carroll, so unfortunately he does not know. Mm-hmm. If anybody does have act, you know, does know who he is, and <laughs> it's like, hey, this whole film you were in has shown up, you know, feel free to tell him. Yeah, once I figured out that it was Lewis Carroll, I was thinking back, like, that makes a lot of sense with what, what was at the beginning, because it started out and said Oxford Winter 1860, and then you had yeah. him doing math and all of the like scientific stuff. And I was like, yeah, I should have thought that at the beginning. I was like, oh, this is Lewis Carroll. I guess I just thought it was some random guy. And what actually, when it first started and I saw the stuff, I was like, this is either like the 19th century version of a goth or a Victorian ah! naturalist. <laughs> the, it's a math professor. It's even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With all the skulls and the spiders and insects. So I was like, this is an interesting person. Well, uh, a lot of Victorians had like natural curiosities. Yeah, that's why uh, I, my two my two thoughts were either a nineteenth century version of a goth or a Victorian naturalist. Though <laughs> <laughs> um, the skulls are different. The skulls are actually so at the very beginning you see like the photographs of little girls, which are actual photographs that Carol had taken, mm-hmm. along with like skulls, and those skulls are actually a reference to um, some other photographs he had taken where. Um, he took photographs of some of the skeletons that the science department had, I believe, at the time. So they were actually more of like a catalog photo than like an artistic photo like he normally did. But they're very distinctive photos. So I believe that's what they're trying to reference. Okay. I was wondering, like, I know that the actress is the same for the ghost and his niece. Was mm-hmm. that purposeful? Like, was there some sort of narrative reason for it to be the same actress? Or was it just like a convenience thing? Because I didn't realize at first. And then after you go through the movie and then she comes back, I was like, wait a minute. Is that the same actor playing the niece and the ghost? And then I was thinking, is that supposed to mean that the niece was pretending to be a ghost? That's actually, <laughs> I don't think that was, was the case. But it was something I wondered. brought up at the digital premiere. It was kind of, a, it's almost like, because you, know, you would presume it's Alice, right? It's almost like Alice decided to haunt him because he wasn't <laughs> spending time with her. <laughs> um, Titiana, uh, you would have to ask her for that. And she is on YouTube, so you could. Um, whether that was a convenience thing or not. But she did say something about she felt it was a very feminist film. Because it's... I forget exactly what she said. But she, she said she felt it was very feminist because the ghost is teaching a man something, I guess, in a way. So that might be part of it. So it makes me think it's purposeful, but um, I I would have to defer that to her. Okay. For that question to her. I guess I didn't think of it in that way, but it is 1800. So that would be out of the ordinary to have a woman or a female ghost teaching a man something. Yeah. Well, the ghost seems non-binary to me. So it's. Um, uh, well, I also wondered about that because he called the ghost a fellow, but it's obviously yeah. played by a, a woman. So mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure like if the ghost was supposed to be a fellow. 
or if he just calls people fellow because I don't know what maybe the context for fellow was different back then. I don't know. Fellow man, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. They did. Don't they know. didn't ever specify. It. I don't think it was supposed to be a big deal. It just I, it crossed my mind. Personally, it uh, personally when I saw it, the ghost gave me a non-binary kind of vibe, which I liked. I mean, yeah. probably. I don't. But think that it's... said, you know, in the eighties when they filmed that, uh, non-binary wasn't as much as a thing as it is like now. Yeah. Um, well, it wouldn't so... have been back in the eighteen hundreds either. They yeah, wouldn't have had so... a, a word for that. I don't think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think in the poem, like in the context of the poem, he's definitely it's definitely a guy. Um, yeah. And then when you adapt that, if you want to make it a bit more strange, like he's a guy, but he sounds like a girl. Uh, it, it makes them different, I guess. But anyway, in terms of Tiziana, I mean, she did say she felt it was a feminist film. So maybe she viewed the ghost as a girl. I would assume so. Yeah, especially with, with saying that. So I think she probably viewed the ghost as a girl. I, I should also say she didn't write the script. I don't think she wrote the script by herself. I think she mentioned she had other script writers with her. So someone might have put fellow because maybe it's like from the poem. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily agree. She mean that she viewed him them as a fellow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I I absolutely love Anna's performance as the ghost. It's yeah, perfect. she was great. She was great. Yeah, she was the best thing in the whole thing. Yeah, just like all her lines are perfect. All her facial expressions are perfect. I I love when she's doing the math problem and she's what What are you doing? Stop it! And she she's got this like <laughs> mischievous smirk. <laughs> You yeah. know, it's like obviously with that kind of smirk, you're thinking, oh, she's like crossing stuff out. <laughs> but really, she's like, Haha, I'm smart. <laughs> I, I, she had some great lines. Like after that, she says that she's undead, not brain dead. <laughs> yeah, that's a good line, too. That's a, uh, that was another line that was mentioned in the digital premiere, that it was an original line, but it fit in perfectly. And it was very mm-hmm. clever. The part where she makes the wine old is brilliant as well mm-hmm. um there's also a nice reference to through the looking glass they're talking about the memory going only backwards it, yes. it, it's a poor sort of memory that only goes backwards yeah and she says it so naturally as well like yes you know what a wonderful week that will be <laughs> yes <laughs> one yes. of my favorite memories is the week after next what a good week that will be <laughs> Yeah, it's it's brilliant. It's brilliantly in- interpreted. I I love her performance so much. And I love after that when he's saying that what she's saying is illogical, and she says, "You're right." <laughs> <laughs> Not, it's nonsense. Deliciously so. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she has some. She just she just had so many great lines. Yeah, she really did. And then I I like the part where Gaspard brings him the tea. <laughs> He's like, obviously, like, what is wrong with this guy, you know? <laughs> and the guy starts, like, pouring the tea, and Lewis Crow, like, butt jumps over himself to, like, grab it so Gaspar can't see. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I would prefer for him to think I'm crazy than to know there's a ghost here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I also, I really like when they're playing chess and Lewis Carroll finally like, snaps and he's like, yeah. I, I'm the ghost of the king and I can walk through walls. Like, brilliantly done. Very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also didn't mention it before. The other thing that made me wonder if there was a connection between the ghost and his niece was the fact that they both call him Old Turnip Top. Yeah, I believe you're supposed to connect them because of that. 
but I didn't know why. Because obviously there's some sort of magic powers happening that the niece wouldn't have. So I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't really matter either way. It's still a fun short. Yeah, it's a fun short. I don't think you're meant to think that deeply about it. Probably um, not. <laughs> yeah. I just, just tend to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's just fun and uh, ultimately respectful. It's respectful in a fun way. It's fun in a respectful way. Yeah. And I I really enjoy that. Yeah. And I'm glad that we finally have a last short film yes. safely digitized. And now it can never be lost again, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate that the final cut is gone. Well, the fact that they still had the footage and could make a new cut is better than you would get for most lost films. Yeah, like, we're very lucky that they did still have the rough cut. Yeah, yeah. And it was a dream come true, and I'm glad it happened. Yeah, and it's also very cool that you got to be involved. Yeah, I really didn't expect for that to happen. (laughs) Yeah, that was just really awesome. Yeah, thank you. Okay, well, I think that's going to be all for this one. A short one. It just kind of, well, it's a short anyway, so. It's a short film, a short review for it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a last-minute idea to do a podcast on it, but it'll be cool if more people get to know this short. I'll have it linked in the description for anybody who wants to watch it themselves. Let's get this to, what you if you search a Phantasmagoria film, this is what you get, not the Marilyn Manson stuff. <laughs> Let's yeah, get it up yeah. <laughs> that's what I was because I didn't even know about the Marilyn Manson one, so I was searching Phantasmagoria just to see if I could find any other info before we recorded. I was like, yeah. what is this? <laughs> Apparently, that one doesn't didn't even get made though. I wasn't sure exactly what was going on. It doesn't sound like it ever was made. I've heard I've heard some conflicting things. Like some stuff was filmed, at least enough for the trailer. Yeah, like they had yeah. a trailer which was received poorly, so they gave up on it. Yeah, that, that's see, what that, I read. That strikes me as very strange, but yeah, obviously Marilyn Manson. I don't, I don't know how that, I don't know how it works for Marilyn Manson. I know that he had another film that didn't work out in a similar fashion, though that one actually was made. So it's, uh, let's just say I'm glad it wasn't. Um, <laughs> and I'd rather it just like disappear. So let's get this mm-hmm. one up in the results, please. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't really know much about Marilyn Manson, but I would I guess I would assume that it wouldn't be quite as respectful as this. No, it, it wouldn't have been a, it wouldn't have been at all, which is why yeah, I was that's not kind of the vibe I got from some of the pictures I was seeing. Yeah. It seemed a very shock value. Probably, yes. He seems like a very shock value type of person anyway, so yeah. that would be what his approach to anything would be making a movie, I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, I guess until the next episode, do you want to let people know where they can find you if they want more from you? Uh, yes, you can find me on uh, YouTube as Phantom Wise. Okay, we will see you again soon because we're going to be recording another episode for later on this year as well. So we'll see you then. Excited. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Every Version Ever. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to our YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well, and if you want more content from us, check out one of the other podcasts in the iHeartMovies podcast network, or check out my brand new Patreon. My link tree, as well as any other relevant links, will be in the description. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. And pass through the looking glass into wonder.